Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Hello, C3. It's great to see you all today. It's an absolute privilege to have the opportunity to share with you today. So thank you to Steve and Angie, your pastors, for giving me the opportunity to share today. And as Steve said, we are, we are reaching the end of our UP series, but it's been absolutely fantastic. And if we have not met, um, I'm sure there is many of you watching online or even here in the room that I have not met. As Steve said, my name is Bradley. I'm the young adults pastor here in Cambridge. So shout out to all you young adults here this morning. Love young adults. And this series has been fantastic, as Steve said. I feel like I've read this Psalm 128 over and over again for the last like six weeks, two months, and it's been awesome. I could, I could spend about two hours here, um, but I have 20 minutes, so we're going to stick to that today. But this has been a, a series focusing on these Psalms of Ascent, these songs that the ancient Israelite community would have sung as they walked up to the mountain in Jerusalem. And they would have gone up to this mountain on numerous occasions throughout the years, uh, throughout the year. But as we read this today in a moment, as we read Psalm 128, I just want us to imagine that they're making their way up this, up this mountain, up to Jerusalem on the Feast of Harvest, where they would have taken the first fruits of their harvest up to the temple to give it to God as an acknowledgement that the rain, the seed, the conditions to grow, everything came from God. And they'd have taken it to this temple, the place where heaven and earth overlapped. And this sacred, sacred place. This is a very agricultural psalm, so I think it's appropriate to imagine this setting as we read today. Maybe we imagine a family going up, because this is a very family-focused psalm as well. So let's read this psalm today. Psalm 1 to 8. It says this. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands, and it it will be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Lord, we pray today as we, as we read your word, as we, as we study this psalm together, Lord, would you connect us with those ancient, your ancient community that would have read this many generations ago, Lord. We thank you for the heritage that we stand on today, Lord, that we are part of this story, that we are part of your story, that you bring us in and invite us in, Lord. Give us insight and wisdom as we study your word together today and move our hearts and minds to be closer to you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And in keeping with the theme of a journey, the ancient Israelites, as we mentioned, would have been on this journey up to Jerusalem. I've entitled this message today, Check Your Route. Check Your Route. When I am not here serving in the Young Adults team, and when I'm not working as a software engineer, 
I'm not spending time with my wife, Danny. You will often find me, particularly this time of year, when the weather's nice, I say, after going out in the rain yesterday. Um, I love to get out on my bike. I love cycling. You'll often find me out in the, in the lovely roads around Cambridgeshire, out on my bike. And when I was preparing for this, I was thinking about what are some of the reasons that I love being out on my bike? And I think there's a few for sure. One is that, you know, the more you cycle, the more you can eat, which is an absolute bonus. Um, you can always plan your route around some nice coffee stops, which is great as well. Um, I'm a bit of an introvert, so for me, like, restorative time is just getting out on my own. So there's nothing better than being out in a field, in the middle of some fields, in some lovely countryside that we have around us. It's really restorative time. And also, it's a great time for thinking and for processing. So when I'm preparing for, for something like this, what I'll, what I'll often plan is a day where I can spend the morning in my office doing the, the classic things, you know, reading, doing some research, maybe making some notes, jotting some things down. And then I'll have some time to go out in, on my bike and just kind of process and just sort of, it's like an upload in the morning and then I get outside and just let it all compute, let it all figure itself out and ask God, you know, where, what's the theme for this message? Where are we going with this? And maybe that's why today we've gone very literal. God was like, oh, you're cycling. Let's make this theme around cycling. So here we go. The theme today is cycling. But one of the important things I've learned over the years, especially as I've decided, you know, go further and further, like anything, you build up and you go further and further is the importance of knowing your route, the importance as well of checking your route. Because it's one thing, and this has happened to me on a number of occasions, to be like, plan a route, and then a few days later you head out without checking it on the day, and you encounter a road closure or some kind of diversion. And the roads around Cambridgeshire, um, are, there's, there's some wonderful roads out in the Fens, and particularly when we lived out in the Fens, this was the case, some wonderful roads, but there's not many of them. So if you do encounter a road closure or a flooded road, as happened before, then the diversion in a car that might be 10 or 20 minutes is an awful lot longer <laughs> on your bike and an awful lot longer, it feels like, when it's at the end of a ride. So I learned the hard way to make sure that I check my route. So it's a valuable lesson that I learned there. But also, I think it's good advice in life in general, isn't it? It's good advice if you're going for a walk to know where you're going. It's good advice if you're going for a run to know where you're going. It's really good advice if you're driving to know where you're going, check your route, see where you're headed. But it's good advice in life as well. We should all know what direction we're heading in life. We should all know where we're going in life. So today, as we, as we, as we work our way through this psalm, let's just take a moment, and we're going to have a time to do this at the end, to just pause and consider, you know, where am I heading? Just a, a moment today to check your route. So Psalm 128. It opens by saying, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And that really sets the scene for what this psalm is about. It's about positioning ourselves to receive God's blessing. And then it gives us a picture, an insight in, in the way that only psalms and poetry can of what this blessing might look like. It's not the exact image because it's poetry, but it's a, it's a depiction. It's, it gives us a, a, a flavor of what it might look like. And then it closes, as we read, with a, with a blessing over the whole community. So the way this psalm opens, let's, let's start with verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Another translation for this psalm says, happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. 
There's the secret to happiness right there. Do you want a happy life? Maybe you're not happy today, but maybe you do want to be happy. What is the secret to a happy life? The psalmist is giving it right here. It's to fear the Lord and to walk in his ways. So let's spend some time looking at what those two things mean. What does it mean to fear the Lord? What does it mean to walk in his ways? These are, this is an expression, particularly fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord is an is a expression that we see throughout the Psalms. It's an expression that we see in other places in the Bible, particularly the prophets, um, and, and it's a key theme in the book of Proverbs. It's a key theme in the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 1, in fact, the first chapter of Proverbs, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if the fear of the Lord is, is the key to to knowledge, it's the beginning of knowledge, and it's, it's a way to happiness, to blessing, then it's good for us to understand what does it mean to fear the Lord. Well, let's start with what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we run away from God and hide from him and avoid him like we might avoid our other fears. Maybe you're scared of heights, so you avoid tall buildings. Maybe you're scared of small places, so you always take the stairs and not the lift, your fear of getting trapped in there. Maybe you're scared of roller coasters, so you never, never, ever head to a theme park. But the fear of the Lord is not that. It's not about avoiding God and running away from him. It's about having a, a sense of awe and reverence of God. It's about understanding that God, and some of the songs that we've sung even this morning kind of, kind of articulate this, that God is so, so beyond anything that we could imagine. He is the creator and the sustainer of the universe. He knows the beginning from the end. He gives us the very breath in our lungs, the breath I am using now, the breath that you are using as you sit or as you, wherever you're watching from today, listening today. As you, as you breathe, that breath is from God. He is sustaining everything and all things. He is majestic, magnificent, so far above. And when we capture even, a, even a, a small amount of that, God is indescribable, but even when we capture a small amount of that, it inspires in us this idea that we could never ascend to be God. God is not just a supercharged human that if we're really perfect, we can get to God's place. No, no, no. God is above and beyond anything we can describe or imagine. I'm stood here trying to describe the indescribable. But when we capture that of God, we say, I'm going to humble myself before you, Lord. I'm going to let you be God, and I'm going to be me. I'm going to love the fact that you invite me in and you call me in to, to do life with you. But I'm never going to try and send to your place, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a right reverence and awe of you and your majesty. And when we do that, that is having the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And when that happens, when we capture that of God, what happens naturally in the psalm, it doesn't say, it, it sort of carries on almost as one sentence. There's that little comma. It says, happy is everyone who fears the Lord, comma, who walks in his ways. And I think the implication is if you capture that of God, if you understand that of God, of course you're going to walk in his ways. If we understand who God is, of course we're going to go, I'm going on his team. I'm going to go his way. I'm not going to try and do it my own way. What do I know? I'm going to go God's ways. So happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who captures that reverence of awe of God, and then walks in his ways. When I am heading out on my bike, and especially now that I've sort of done all the roads around me, um, there's only so many times I could go around those, especially after last summer where I was sort of trying to stay close to home. I've been looking for new routes, new places to go and explore. 
And a few weeks ago, um, I used this app on my phone where you can just basically say, I want to go this far, I'm starting here, and it plans a route for you based on your kind of previous activities. And so I did that a few weeks ago, I set off on this route, and I realized that I didn't actually check that route, so not following my own advice there. But it all worked out well in the end on that particular occasion. And so there I was out on these roads, and to start with, obviously, they were near home, so I knew where I was going. But as I got further and further away, I realized that I didn't know where I was. I was just following this little, I have this little computer on my bike, um, and it's just black and white, low budget one, but it's just got this little line, no other roads, just this one line, and it's just going left and right, and you're sort of following it along. And so there I am, just following this line. I've got a sort of sense of it's telling me when I'm going to get home, but aside from that, I'm just following this line wherever it goes. And I think the thing in life is that we are all following some kind of line. We are all following, maybe it's somebody in our life who's a real dominant force and we're following their direction. Maybe we're making our own path, we're forging our own way, like I am following, I'm going where I want to go when I want to go there. You know, forget the rest, I'm going where I'm going. But I think what's the best thing for us and what it means to walk in God's ways is to be letting God set the direction. To be letting God be that little line, that GPS route that's just leading us left and leading us right. And when we follow his way, that is the way that we were created to follow. Jesus in Matthew 16, 24 is recorded as saying this to his disciples. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what would it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Walking in God's ways is denying ourselves. It's giving up our own sense of control and self-will and embracing God's will no matter the cost. Walking in God's ways is about choosing to do life the way that you were made to do life, the way that God has created you, the way that he has made you uniquely. Walking in God's ways is a day-by-day, moment-by-moment choice to follow that line when it turns, to follow those promptings when they come. It's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment decision. When I was reading and researching for this psalm, I came across a great blog on a website called She Reads Truth, and it was talking about this psalm and particularly this first verse that talks about walking in God's ways. And, it's, and it was this beautiful phrase in there that really captured me. It says, obedience is a path to joy. Obedience is a path to joy. Walking in God's ways is about that obedience. It's about those daily decisions to walk in the direction he's leading us. It's a way of love. It's a way of peace. It's a way of grace. It's a way of reconciliation, of forgiveness, of healing. And if you want to know more about exactly the specifics of what walking in that way looks like, go and read the Gospels. There's so many great things in there because Jesus, God did not just stand off to the side and tell us how to live. Jesus came and showed us what it means to walk his way. He showed us in his very life, and we can read about that in the Gospels. So go do that. But where does this road lead? Because it's important to know where your route is leading. It's important to know where you're heading. Well, the psalm says that it leads to blessing. It leads to happiness. It leads to regaining our life, as Jesus says. I just want to clarify, though, at this point, that it's really important to remember the order these things happen in. 
Because we don't obey God to be blessed, but when we obey God, we are blessed. You see, we capture the, the goodness and the majesty, the majesticness of God, and we say, I'm going his way, and it leads to life and blessing. We don't try and twist God's arm and say, okay, I'm going to follow the rules and the regulations, and it's going to lead to blessing. That's not how it works. We obey when we are blessed. We don't obey just to be blessed. And so the psalm does give us this picture of what this blessing might look like, this, this, this glimpse of what it might look like. And so let's just, as we're closing, as we're coming towards the end, let's just look at what this psalm talks about as, as an idea of what blessing might look like, happiness might look like in our lives. Because on the surface of it, we've got two quite different pictures. We've got the psalm telling us that happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. But we've got Jesus telling us that we need to take up our cross and follow him. Well, taking up our cross and following him, the cross was an instrument used for torture and death. That doesn't sound great. But Jesus says that it's about taking up our cross, following him, and finding the life that we were made to live. And blessing and happiness in the, in the biblical imagination, in God's design, is about that. Finding our true lives. Finding the lives that we were created for. So what does the psalm say about what that might, life might look like? Well, in verse 2 it says, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Life, the life that you were made for is about enjoying the fruit of your work, enjoying the fruit of your hands. So what are you working for right now? Verse 3 says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. The life that you were created for is about family. It's about being part of family. And so how are you investing in family around you? Where are you investing in those relationships, growing those relationships? Verse 4 says that, behold, thus the man shall be blessed who fears the Lord. Just in case you didn't get it first time around. Then it says, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. This life is about being part of a prospering community. It's about being part of community all the days of our life. Jerusalem was the whole community. And then it closes by saying, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. May you see your children's children. The life that you were created for, the life that you were made for is about having a legacy that lives on. That might not be through biological children. That's just the one way it could happen. Maybe it's that you're investing in the generations. Maybe you're investing in the people around you. Maybe many of you in, in the serving kids church or in youth or just maybe it's your neighbor's kids that you're just investing into them, helping them walk in God's way. It's teaching them who God is, his majesty, helping to bring them up in that way. We can all have a legacy that lives on if we choose to invest in the people around us. So when we read this psalm, and, and to be honest, time and time again in the Bible, when we see the Bible speak of blessing, we see some really key themes. We see that the Bible talks about blessing as family. It talks about blessing as community. And right there in the center of it, it talks about blessing as relationship with God. Blessing about family. Blessing is about community. Blessing is about relationship with God. And so this picture, this illustration that the psalm chooses of happiness includes those elements, doesn't it? It includes those things. So as we conclude today, I just want to ask you that question or, or, or invite you to take a moment now to just check your route, to just check which direction you're heading in. 
maybe your route right now is taking you slightly away from family and you just need to to turn back and just to head back towards family. Maybe it's taking you away from community. Maybe you're watching online today, but actually that's your first step in coming away from community. Well, maybe you need to check your route and just come on back and be, be part of community, engage in community. Maybe your route today has just lost a, a touch of grace or a touch of love, or maybe there's some unforgiveness on your route right now that you just need to deal with today. Or maybe, maybe your route is your route and your route alone and you have been walking your way your whole life and you haven't you haven't paid a second attention to what God's ways are well today maybe you just need to do that 180 maybe you need to do a 180 today and start to instead of walking your life walk walking your ways to start to walk God's ways today maybe you have gained the whole world but in the process, there's this nagging doubt in you. You've lost the sense of the life that you were created for. Well, Jesus invites you to follow him, to follow him and find the life that you were made for. And life, as he says in John 10, life to the full. That's the life that you were made for today. Check your route. I'd love to invite you to stand now as we're going to enter into a time of worship. And as we worship, I just want to invite you to take a moment to just consider and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus, hey, come and, come and show me today. Where are the areas that I need to adjust? Where are the areas on my route right now that I just need to tweak and change? Or maybe, and I'm speaking now to those of you who need to do that 180 today, who need to stop walking your own way and start walking God's ways. I want to encourage you today to not walk one step further in your own way not walk one step further away from God, but today choose to do that 180 and start to walk in God's ways. Maybe in the worship today, maybe in what we've shared in this psalm today, you've caught a glimpse of God's goodness and his majesty. And you want to say, hey, I want to come your way, God. I want to walk your way. We'll just take a moment in worship to ponder that, to, to prepare your heart. And then one of the team is going to come after this time of worship and give you an opportunity to pray a prayer today that is going to lead you into making that turn, making that change, and starting on the road to the life that you were created for. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you. Why not share it with your friends and family through social media? If you're not on the regular podcast list, then why don't you subscribe? Thank you especially to those that give. If you want to give to this ministry, you can go to our website, thec3.uk slash giving and get involved. God bless you.